When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Hey there, welcome to episode 341 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and I am excited for you to listen to this Diet Culture IRL episode with Colleen Bremner. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you are joining us for this conversation and our monthly Diet Culture IRL episodes basically take a subject, um, some kind of some type of experience that Colleen finds in real life um, where diet culture is in the wild <laughs> and we sift through it and chat about it. So we are excited to invite you into something personal that Colleen is experiencing. She is expecting her first child and um, you know, going through some experiences again, that she's very been very generous with us to share her lived experience. So of course, um, this episode is about pregnancy and expecting. It's also features some conversations about weight bias. So, you know, take care of yourself and what you, um, know is best for you and whether or not listening is a, um, something that you have the bandwidth for when we're unpacking these subjects. But I am excited to get to this conversation with Colleen. But first, I want to give you a book update. The Find Your Food Voice book is continuing to chug along. I, as of yesterday at three o'clock, have finished writing you know, the first round through of chapter two. And I won't go into too much detail about chapter two, but one of the things I will let you know Chapter two is where I try to just explore your relationship with dieting 
as it relates to systems of oppression. You know, one of the things that I know we talk a lot about here in the podcast and my clients and I have talked about for years and years is just like how magnetic diets can be, how seductive and why are they so seductive? You know, especially when we can intellectualize that diets don't work for most people and they haven't worked for me. So why can I not stop doing them? Well, there's a reason. (laughs) And unpacking systems of oppression, what I didn't appreciate would happen is it would just be so much more draining than any other thing that I've written before in my life. You know, I've written the first and the third chapter. The third chapter is almost finished, but not quite. And I found the writing to be actually kind of like fun, you know, and it, it felt great. I finished writing and I was like energized and chapter two did not feel like that at all. And I kind of found myself in this place of like self-doubt, like, why am I why am I writing this? You know, all the negative shit that we can say to ourselves. And as I was finishing up yesterday, I was like, well, that makes sense. My perfectionism was on high alert and I was blaming myself and feeling guilty. Sounds like those are so systems of oppression did not like what I was writing and were working extra hard to keep me stuck. But I plowed through it, got through it. And I'm just happy that 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 chapter is done as much as it needs to be done for right now. Um, I also today counted through, because if, if you're new to this conversation about writing this book, something that um, I did when I first planned on writing it, like once I signed the contract, as I, as <laughs> those of you who are primary caregivers will totally relate to this, but I basically looked at my calendar year through May, which I need to finish this book by May. And I counted out how many days that I had available to write, at least for four hours. And I counted 90 days. <laughs> and so I was like, let me make sure. Because I'm telling you, this chapter two was a doozy. It took me a lot longer. I didn't hit like the amount of words I typically would like to write in a day. But I had to just give myself permission. Like I was like, I'm just doing the best I can. So I wanted to make sure that I was still on task to basically... I don't want to find myself in April having to write a lot. Um, I don't want to have that kind of energy of like hurrying up and kind of chaos if I can avoid it. So I kind of have 70 days left. I could kind of still finagle to write at least for four hours. So everything's going to be fine. It's coming along just just as much as it needs to. And so I am done writing for the week. I look forward to starting back up next week. But um, if you would like to be a part of the writing, I have two ways that you can be a part of it. One is we are including letters from listeners to be included in each chapter. And I would love a letter that's from you. So you can submit the letter by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also just shoot us an email, info at juliedillonrd.com and let us know like about your complicated relationship with food. We really, really, really want to have your letter included in the book. So shoot us an email or plop it in the form that's in the the show notes and maybe we'll include your letter. The other way you can be involved is I am writing the book um, with the exception of the last two weeks, because again, these were like so much more trying on my bandwidth. But for the most part, I have been writing online and doing like kind of co-working sessions with 
people in my community. So if you go to julieduffydillon.com slash book, you will have a place to join the community. It's just $5 a month where you can join co-working sessions with me. Well, I'll be writing and muted, but every um, 45 minutes, we take a 15 minute break and we chat and it's been so, so lovely, so encouraging. And I'm so grateful for the folks who've already been there. And you can use that time when I'm writing to do your own kind of co-working, or you can do what we've been calling nesting time. And nesting is going back to a place where you feel safer and doing the things that you need to do to help your relationship with food, whether it's journaling, meditating, making a delicious meal or snack. Uh, It could be so many different things. It just depends on what you need in order to feel more aligned with your food voice. All right. So you can get to all the details at julieduffydillon.com slash book. All right. And of all that, we're going to take a quick sponsor break and then we'll be back and hear from Colleen and then Colleen and I will have a conversation all about her experience in pregnancy so far. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday, June 5th, 2023, I was casually having dinner at my childhood best friend's house where we were chatting about life happenings and funny memories from high school. The topic of children came up. She has two little ones, and I always knew I wanted some of my own. What she didn't know was I was actively trying, and as we were chatting, I realized I was a few days late. I looked at her and said, it's funny, now that we're talking about it, I just realized I'm late. She drops her fork and goes, oh my God, Colleen, let's go buy a pregnancy test. We race to the nearest Walgreens and buy the value pack of tests. I'm so excited. I can't focus on anything else. I don't remember the drive from her house to Walgreens or back. I head into her bathroom and verbally detail every single moment from unwrapping the package to dipping the stick. I flip the test over so there would be no temptation to peek and then I wait the longest three minutes in the history of human minutes. She tells me it's time and my heart is racing. I want so desperately for there to be two lines signifying my pregnancy, but I also want to be all right if it's not quite time for us yet. I flip the stick over. I burst into tears, thrilled. I'm pregnant. 
My life in that moment officially changes forever. The fullness I feel in my heart and excitement, I am buzzing with to tell my husband floods through me, and I know nothing will ever be the same in the best way. I remind myself of this excitement constantly because there are lots of not-so-exciting parts of pregnancy as well, especially being plus-size and pregnant. We'll dive into that in just a minute. The first for me was and is the heartburn. I don't go around drinking battery acid, but if I did, I have to imagine this version of heartburn would be akin to something like that. It's never-ending, and my tums-to-mouth ratio can never quite quell the burning through my chest. Then there's the constant doctor's appointments. It's been a while since I was weighed, and when they asked me to get on the scale for the first time, my blood pressure shot through the roof. I didn't know that you can also decline to be weighed at your prenatal appointment, so I've just gone with it. The first time was a shock. I haven't seen my weight number in years, and it sent me into a spiral of, wow, I'm the heaviest I've ever been, and I'm going to gain even more weight with the baby. Those diet thoughts crept right back in, even now, even still. The doctors are also recommending some things to me based on my weight, and it's really hard for me to determine whether these interventions are necessary or whether they're recommended because of my BMI. It feels really scary not to know if I can trust the medical professionals treating me or not solely based on my size. I've also struggled with my need to eat constantly. Something that helps the heartburn for me is eating several smaller meals throughout the day rather than my typical three and snacks. With my body changing, my stomach feels like it can't handle as much food as it used to, so I fill up faster and need to eat more frequently. I'm grateful I'm in tune with my body, but when I am in the office, I get incredibly self-conscious about the number of trips I take to the kitchen and who might be judging me slash counting them. I know most of this is in my head, and yet I can't shake the feeling anyway. I think the hardest part so far has been not really showing, meaning I can't physically see that I'm pregnant with a visible baby bump, which is really ironic because I've spent a lifetime trying to flatten my stomach. I'm now 24 weeks pregnant in my sixth month of pregnancy, and I still look about the same as I did when I found out. This has felt really discouraging when I see some of my smaller-bodied friends who are pregnant sharing their pronounced baby bump pictures on social media as I look in the mirror wondering if my plus-size belly is baby or fat. I know I shouldn't compare my body to anyone else's, and yet in this moment, it's so difficult not to. I'm trying to give myself grace and know my body will change as it needs to to create space for this new life, but the overwhelming diet culture thoughts have been ever-present these past few months. It's wild to hold space for all these feelings, and I'm trying to do my very best to do just that, lean into the nuance of my own pregnancy experience. I'm wondering, have you been pregnant and experienced anything similar? Do you live in a larger body like I do? Or maybe you've had a different experience. Reach out to us at info at juliedillonrd.com and tell us all about it. We'd love to hear. Hey there, Colleen. Hey, Julie. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) Oh, oh, the heartburn. I feel you on the heartburn. (laughs) That was, when you mentioned the Tums in your diet culture IRL, I was like, oh, yes. The Tums used to laugh at my heartburn. Oh, yeah. It was just like, it did nothing. Nothing. But I ate them all day long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Little snacky snack. 
<laughs> for like for like a second, it kind of like does something, but yeah, it's like progesterone. It just is like does a lot to that whole GI tract experience. So thank you for unpacking this. And uh, I'm so excited for your bundle that will be here before we know it. I know. Oh my goodness. Ah, it's such a, um, it's such an exciting time. Like I, um, you know, gave birth to one of my kids and I remember like feeling like it was Christmas Eve all the time. Yeah. Like it just felt like that kind of energy, Yeah, especially once where I was at the place where you are. Cause I was really not feeling well the first four months yeah. <laughs> but after that I felt good. So, um, but you know, hearing your experiences, you know, we have different lived experience, different identities. And so, you know, hearing about what you're experiencing, I'm excited to unpack today. So, um, are you ready? Yeah. Let's dive in. <laughs> Let's dive in. Okay. So I, I was like, thinking about someone who has been going to the doctor and spent years trying to figure out the perfect solution for them to help them like either refuse to be weighed or like go through that whole experience and finally get their medical team on board. But then getting pregnant kind of been like, well, there's some use with knowing just for like medical reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like, was that a, how was that for you? Was it was it something that felt kind of squirrely or did it not? Or was oh, it just yeah. kind of imp- like impulsive? Squirrely was a, definitely a good word to use for <laughs> it. The first, I mean, so my partner went with me to the first appointment. Um, and when she, it's just so cavalier, like how the process is, right? Like you walk in and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, just set your stuff down, take your shoes off and get on the scale. Like no big deal. And like, for me, I was like, very big deal. I haven't done this in a really long time mm-hmm. voluntarily. And, you know, then the back of my mind, I'm panicking being like, oh, well, I need to get weighed because I need to do what's best for the baby. And like, you know, all these, mm-hmm. I, I just went down this whole tangent and it was very jarring, um, especially because yeah. I just, I guess I should have been prepared for it. Like I should have known that it was coming, but I just, it's been so long for me that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I'll just decline like usual. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you mentioned that, that you could have declined, is yeah. there, um, do you think you will next time or what have you decided yet? I think now that I've like experienced it and like, I just have continually been weighed like at all of my appointments. I am like, okay, it is what it is. Like I, I now know the number, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've kind of like come to terms with it myself, but I was reading, um, another, I follow some plus size Instagram folks and, um, who specialize in plus size pregnancy. And I read that you can actually be declined to be weighed mm-hmm. and they can still measure, um, those, like numbers without weighing you. So I I just want people to know that that is an option, uh, even though Mm -hmm. I ended up not going that route. Yeah, yeah. And um, are there any plus size Instagram folks, like when you just said that, I was like, oh, I need to type this out. Anyone that in particular that you're finding, especially for that kind of conversation about weigh-ins. And I totally put you on the spot. So (laughs) if there's anybody that comes to mind that you're like, yes, this is who I need to recommend. Yes. Um, Michelle is at the Instagram handle is fat dot and dot pregnant. And, um, yeah, 
it's awesome. Awesome account. Um, lots of really helpful content. And Michelle wrote a book called Fat Birth that focuses primarily oh. on sharing fat birth stories and photos, which has been really impactful for me and my own pregnancy journey. Oh, that is amazing. I don't know about this resource, so thank you. Well, for listener, we'll put that in the show notes for you so you can kind of get to that quickly. But um, what a great resource. I love that there's pictures too. Like there's just something about having a visual that I think can be so powerful. So yes, with lots of yay. different types of representation too, which I really appreciate. So um, yes. yeah, it's been really, really helpful and um, just a good read overall. And then mm-hmm. I I think there's one more. I'm trying to find it right now, um, but we can move mm-hmm. on. And when I when I find it, I'll let you know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, and uh, as much as multitasking can be just so exhausting, that's one of the things that we end up having to do a lot of times, especially when we have newborns at home. So yes, yeah, I did find multitasking. It, <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> um, this person's name on Instagram is Mia O'Malley. M I A O M A L L E Y, and mm-hmm. um. They do a lot of like lifestyle fashion stuff, but mm-hmm. also plus parenting, which I really like because I'm into all so of nice. those things. <laughs> so, yes. um, and it's again, like, it's just nice to see someone in a body that like looks like mine. So, um, who has well, not? <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, and I think that's something that you know, before we started recording, we like chatted a little bit and we kind of like, oh no, we can't talk yet because we're <laughs> talking and record it. But so much of the pregnancy experience and like what we are taught to like look forward to and kind of the rituals with pregnancy, at least in the United States where we, we where we live, is really like the thinner body pregnancy experience. Yeah. And um and a person who is in a body that's never been oppressed because of their body size, getting on the scale, they may, may still feel weird, but it's not going to be the same. And some of the experiences that people talk about, um, I know, like pictures on social media, people showing how their pregnancy body is changing, how, um, you know, you mentioned in there too, how this is like something that you're not experiencing in the same way. And, you know, when I read through what you were um, just spoke about with your diet culture IRL, I was so glad to see you mention that, not that you're experiencing it, but it, the, um, the rituals associated with pregnancy that we're taught to like, look forward to, I think, yeah, so many of them are just for certain bodies. So um, I hate that. And um, having things like Mia's work and, and what Michelle, Michelle, like those are going to be really great to, um, yeah, give some differences. And something about this conversation also is important is like just to give a heads up in case someone is wanting to be pregnant yeah. and not knowing that this could be around the corner. So anyway, some of my like soapbox thoughts that I was having listening to what you were talking about. Um, but let's go back to um, something else you mentioned. This is kind of flipping it towards food needing to eat more frequently, mm-hmm. especially with heartburn, how it kind of opened up this this can of worms of possible judgment. Um, yeah, tell me about what that experience has like been, what is that, blah, 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 what that experience has been for you? Yeah, I think that it's really interesting um, 
being someone who has done a lot of unlearning uh, of diet culture mm-hmm. and a, a lot a lot of unlearning and learning and recognizing like things that I would never do like I would never comment on what someone's like taking from the snack bowl at the kitchen or other than mm-hmm. oh that looks really yummy like I'm going to go for that too you know something like that um but the mm-hmm. the other day I was in the kitchen uh and I grabbed we have like bowls of fruit in there, like communal fruit. And then we also have like other types of like snacks, like seaweed snacks and like chippies and like lots of different like options, which is like the highlight of me going into the office. Let me just tell you, love, love me some snackies. Um, but <laughs> I grabbed two at a time and someone in there was like, Oh, like extra hungry today, Colleen. And I was like, yep. Like, really am. (laughs) Um, And this Mm -hmm. kind of ties in with the, like, I don't have a visible baby bump. So I felt like, uh, okay, like this person, A, doesn't know that I'm pregnant. And B, Mm -hmm. like, even if I weren't pregnant, like you shouldn't be making comments like that. Um, Yeah. So it was just kind of a double whammy for me. And I was like, oh, and now Mm. I'm like, feel super self-conscious about my frequent trips to the kitchen and to the bathroom. Let me tell you, because that has also Mm -hmm. increased. So yeah, there's more um, risk for these kinds of interactions. Yeah. There is something about the pregnancy experience where there's less, like people assume there's less need for consent for like talking about your body, touching your body. Yeah. Like people are, it's just real, real strange, but like people will just do strange things and um, it can already be a very vulnerable time, but then adding what you're describing to it, it just it sounds exhausting, first of all. And I know you're probably already tired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a lot of like emotional labor that I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm doing throughout the day, which I'm trying to like figure out coping strategies or mechanisms for because I know that it's also Mm -hmm. like not healthy for me to be stressed all day or anxious all day or, Mm. you know, thinking about all of these things. But it is also impossible not to. So um, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. leaning into that stickiness. (laughs) Right. Well, and this leads me to think about like if someone is listening and they want to support their friend who is plus size and pregnant, what would you say are some things that they could do or not do? Yeah. kind of mentioned a few of them, but like, are there any things that come to mind that could be helpful? Something that's really hard to answer and and I think this goes for anyone like pregnant or not pregnant when someone asks you like the the age old like oh how you doing it's so such a like easy question to be incredibly overwhelmed by like I want to answer yes. honestly. Do you honestly want my answer? Because right now mm-hmm. I will give it. I have no qualms with telling you exactly how I am. But I think a better question might be like, hey, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like super incredible, awesome, one being like, I am very low right now. 
can you like, can mm-hmm. you give me a number? Let me know like how you're feeling number wise. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the opportunity to be like, oh, today I, or like right now in this moment, I'm feeling like a six. Like, and then that gives mm-hmm. me an opportunity to either expand or not, um, which yeah. I really like. And um, it also gives my friend the opportunity to be like, can I do anything to bump you up a couple numbers? Like, you know, yeah. it gives more, more option for like, a dialogue versus me being like, I don't even know where to start, like asking for help or like saying how I feel. Yes. Yes. Uh, what I gather from that is like when someone asks how you're doing, it's basically putting more work for you on there to have to explain it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm that's already again, it's more of the emotional labor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already yeah. Tired. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And finding solutions for now, like you're going to be, um, I mean, light years ahead of what I was, you know, um, just figuring out how to have that boundary and be direct about like, yeah, I'd rather, you know, not expand on that right now, whether it's like using that scale, that 10 point scale or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would gather too that like, it would probably be helpful if people just assume to not make comments about your body or what you're eating would be like also... (laughs) That's like a tray given. Yeah. (laughs) I would would like to think it's a given. It's clearly not. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Mm -hmm. just not commenting slash I I think there's so many things. And like asking about, I I think too, like, is there anything you want to talk specifically about your pregnancy experience? Like just having that open-ended question, like rather than being like, you know, because I get the like age old questions, right? Like, oh, how far mm. along are you? Or like, yeah. um, are you like people have asked like, oh, are you so excited? Like you're finally showing. And I'm like, I I can't really tell that I'm like personally, mm-hmm. I can't tell that I'm showing. So it find a, kind of feels like a gut punch a little bit every time someone mm. asks me about like mm-hmm. my showing body because I would love to be showing more than I am and I'm not. Um, yeah. because I'm yeah. in a heavier body. You just, it's my, my belly looks different than someone who is at the same point in living in a smaller body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you want to unpack that part? Cause I, from talking to other people in a similar place, that has been a really unexpected yeah. kind of grief point. Um, our grief may not be what everyone uses for it, but that's what I was kind of how it. I was capturing it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. What What is it like for you to not go through um, or to, to be experiencing your body change differently without that visual that a lot of people will share on social media or share publicly yeah. or people ask about? I think it's one of those things that like you are conditioned, you know, the same thing, like society mm-hmm. conditions us to feel a certain way about how our body changes throughout pregnancy. And, um, one of those ways is like, you know, TV shows and movies, they'll, they'll show this like progression of the belly or, mm-hmm. and it's very prominent. And I started taking pictures like of my belly from week one until n- like now, but I really kind of stopped around the 12 week mark because I was like, my belly's not changing. Um, I, I wasn't mm-hmm. seeing anything and it was making me really sad. So I was mm. like this, you know, while my baby book is telling me to do this and document this because it's going to be so fun to look back on. I'm actually really sad that I don't have mm. this 
bump like I was expecting to have. Um, and this like tall tale sign that I'm pregnant. Like, you know, a, a lot of people, it's like there are some, I guess, like quote unquote perks of being pregnant. Like people will like give, offer their seat to you and like, you know, like some societal things. Um, and like those things just aren't naturally happening when you're not showing. Mm, I'm thinking about a book like it. And I don't know if one of the books that you mentioned, um, what was the name of it? Um, fat birth. I don't know. Yeah. Does the author go into like what to expect about your body changing during pregnancy? Yeah. There's definitely stories and things that I resonate with like from this. So it's been a really great Mm -hmm. resource. I, I would recommend like, I wish I had read this book even probably before getting pregnant, just to have mm-hmm. a little more awareness. It wasn't until I started recognizing like my body wasn't changing how I thought it would that I was like, oh, I, sh- I forgot mm-hmm. I had this book. I need to read this book. So um, right. yeah, I think that that has been, you said it really well, like grieving and like recognizing that this just part of my pregnancy experience is not going to look the same as someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I don't know if this book is still around. I have a feeling it is like what to expect when you're expecting or Mm. like, is that still around? Yeah. I have all Um, of them. I had the pre one and this one. Yeah. I almost like, could there be a book like that, but for higher weight folks, like, is like, and so it would be woven throughout for all the information um, broken down in a similar way. Maybe that's the book for you to write, Colleen. Maybe. I I love that idea. You know, I don't have like, I feel like I'm like, I don't have a medical experience. So I'd have to partner with somebody, but I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the person who wrote it, I don't remember the author's background, but I think having lived experience is just as important it, or maybe even more important than medical expertise. Like yeah. having that lived experience is plenty, you know? Um, because yeah, you deserve to have access to the same information that is not like, a microaggression every time you read a page, yeah, you know, by leaving your body out, like you deserve to have that too. But yeah, if not you, Colleen, listener, someone, someone please someone write out that there. book. And my like baby <laughs> book too. Like even just having my mm. baby book be like, hey, maybe snap photos like once every three weeks or four weeks because your body mm. might be changing differently and you might see more of a mm-hmm. change over a longer period of time than like week to week that would have even been helpful for me. Like, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, and I wonder what other changes, like I remember um, during my pregnancy, like my nails changed. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if there's like other things besides the baby bump, but are there other things that you can be documented? You know, maybe your hair, your skin, like people talk about different things that change. Um, during pregnancy, I wonder if there's a way to just continue to document the journey, but more relevant for you. Yeah, it sounds like your body has told you you're pregnant through the decrease or the increased progesterone, progesterone, you know, with all the heartburn and stuff. So um, you definitely have the markers, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah, like, I wonder if there's a way just to change what is documented. But in, you know, even with all that being said, highlighting the grief and I know not everyone is like a person who's like, I want to be a mother. Like that's the one thing I want to be. But for those who've, who've always wanted to be a mother, I may have pictured this, yeah. you know, experience and having it different. So I think that's something that 
Colleen, I think you and I can both like agree on like that grief may come up and um, there's pregnancy may be complicated and part, and it's not your fault. It's because this world isn't built for size diversity. You know, it's only really zeroing in on one body type and describing that as the norm. And that fucking sucks. Yes. I, as you were talking, I was also thinking there's been a really helpful account that does, they post just experiences from plus size pregnant people and it's called plus size pregnancy. That's the whole handle. Uh Uh-huh. I remember that one when I was on Instagram. (laughs) Yes. That one is amazing because they just like, they'll just share personal stories and like snippets of quotes of people. And a lot of them Mm -hmm. are like, I had a completely like normal normal quote unquote birth experience. Mm -hmm. Like even though there was a lot of fear mongering from health professionals about Mm -hmm. what my experience was going to look like. And, um, and that has also felt really validating because I do think like we might deal, we, I say the collective, we as in like people in higher weight bodies who are expecting deal with a lot more, I think, or just additional um, information that like is Mm -hmm. used as like kind of a fear tactic. It feels like sometimes, um, which can be add even more like stress and anxiety to an already stressful experience. So just reading like lots of, you know, like I had a wonderful birth experience. I am in a larger Mm -hmm. body, like has been so helpful to be like, okay, like, yeah, there's, there's, in any birth experience, there can be risk and like danger. It's not just like because yes. I'm plus size. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, you even mentioned it earlier about like, you know, when you were like, I'll just get on the scale, like you'll do anything yeah. to protect this like human that's being created, you know? Yeah. And so um, it is a vehicle. Like, um, the pregnancy experience is a vehicle that I think a lot of healthcare providers use to like weaponize that yes. to make a person eat less or be um, more shamey about their body. And yeah. um, of course, the thing as a dietitian, there's many things that piss me off about healthcare, but one of them is the weight gain recommendations based on yeah. body size. There, the one thing I know to be true as a dietitian too is that like there's nothing worse for a fetus than lack of calorie intake mm-hmm. and all the other like macronutrients in order for all the things to happen. Like, yeah. And so telling someone to restrict while pregnant, pregnant, um, is just, um, I can't tolerate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not something I tolerate. But you mentioned two things um, that I, I was hoping we could cover before we wrap up. And one was how you are seeing weight bias um, and diet culture showing up in your healthcare that you're trying to access. Is there anything else that you're like experiencing? I think you mentioned like certain recommendations based on your size. Yeah, I had a recommendation. I, I will say my practice has been, I feel really great about um, just not highlighting like my weight as being like a potential risk factor, which I really appreciate. Like while I'll look at my chart and like see, you know, the language that we don't use on this podcast, I'm like, mm-hmm. they they never mm-hmm. have told me that outright or like said anything. Yeah. So I have to like call them out and 
like be appreciative for that. I'll also say the sonographer I have worked with every single time has never once made me feel badly about getting capturing images um, due to mm-hmm. like additional tissue. Because I've heard mm-hmm. other people in higher weight bodies yes. say that that has been an issue for them um, mm-hmm. and has been really upsetting when they just want to see their baby and, you know, a sonographer makes a comment like, oh, I can't see it because of X, Y, Z. Mine has never done that. Mine has always been like, hey, if we don't capture, she calls them, she's like, suboptimal photos. The last time I went in, she was like, we didn't get great photos, but that's because she's being really stubborn and like, she's just really great. And it makes me feel like more empowered. Like, I don't know. I just can't explain how her impact has made me feel. I've I've said to my partner many times, like, I'm going to send a gift, a thank you gift to her and tell her like what that meant to me because I I bet she doesn't even know. Um, And Hmm. so, yeah, lots of really good experiences. Just the last time I went in, they recommended that I take a baby aspirin, which don't take anything that I say is like a recommendation for your own pregnancy, please. I am not a medical (laughs) professional. Um, But I was recommended to take baby aspirin um, to prevent preeclampsia. And I, in Googling some of the reasoning behind that and then following up with them, I asked why, because I was like, why do I, they didn't really explain it to me very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because I have like a couple of risk factors, one of those being my BMI. So I am just, you know, struggling as a new parent to determine like, is Mm -hmm. it a better choice for me to go ahead and take that daily until I deliver at the, you know, medical professional's behest? Or is it like, should I like not? Because I don't know if this is just because of my BMI. I'm having a really hard time coping with that. And I can't give anyone else the answer either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to know what to trust. Yeah. Yeah. And straight size person here who had preeclampsia. So Um, there's just not a lot of research on it. I wish that there were. Mm -hmm. I've, I asked uh, one of my Mm -hmm. friends who's an an emergency room doctor if she had any articles or anything. And she's like, honestly, there's not a lot of research around this, especially for folks in higher Mm -hmm. weight bodies. So yes, if you're out there and you're a researcher, uh, (laughs) it's hard to research pregnant folks because of all the variables and the risks that can happen. So there's just not a lot Oh, that's, that's, that just really sucks because there's so many, like you said, like there's a heightened kind of sense of feelings and just nervousness and like these, all these changes ahead. It would feel like, like a relief if you could just trust your medical provider, but yeah, weight bias puts a wrench in it. Um, especially if you're aware, you know, of yeah. that, like, oh, there could be weight bias in this recommendation. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, well, okay. So as we are kind of looking forward, would you be open about talking about the delivery and like, oh yeah, I don't know, just things you're thinking about with it? Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you for being generous. But yeah, is there anything that you are starting to picture about your delivery or like, and of course, for any listener who is also uh, plus size, is there anything that you're like, trying to keep in mind too, to hopefully have an experience that you're wanting to have? 
I think just the big one for me about thinking about my own experience, uh, we did take a CBE class. I think that stands for childbirth experience for for those of you out there. Yeah. (laughs) And if I got that acronym wrong, apologies. But it's, it's a way for you and your partner to determine how like you'll support this like experience with mm. each other mm-hmm. um, and how to advocate for yourself when w- wherever you decide to give birth. So whether that's at home or a, a birthing center or a hospital. And I think that everyone's experience is very personal. So my first and foremost piece would be if anyone sh- decides to share their experience with you, with what they plan to do, like be supportive because they've spent a lot mm-hmm. of time with thinking about what they're going to do. And it's really scary to to think about, you know, all the different factors and things that can happen. So just really embrace whatever that person's answer is, regardless of maybe your own feelings or bias about it. Um, and then mm-hmm. also just, um, I think for me, I'm very I'm very privileged that I am working with an incredible doula who um, is Mm. also a a friend of ours. So it's like we kind of get to have this best of both worlds situation where I'm going to have my partner in the delivery room and this doula who is who is a dear friend. Um, So it makes me feel a lot safer and more comfortable with my experience. So I'm definitely starting to imagine it. And the last thing I'll say is just I really want to advocate for myself and m- for my support people to advocate for me as well. So if they notice that, you know, medical professionals are trying to pressure me towards a certain path or um, are trying to mm-hmm. rush me through something, like just asking for more time um, because it, unlike the movies, it does not happen in, you know, 20 minutes. No. <laughs> so no. um, I mean, it can, but very rarely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, and that's usually not the first time giving birth when that yeah. happens. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I remember mine took a long time, and I remember being like, "I, I thought it was going to be faster than this." Yeah, <laughs> but no, it was not. It was exhausting. I said, "No, we have to wrap up because, of course, we talked way longer Oopsie. than I was intending." But like, <laughs> story of Colleen and I's life. Truly. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, thank you for being so generous, though. With. Um, your experience and you know sharing the ups and downs and I know there's a listener who's going to be like feeling affirmed you know with all of these emotions and um, hopefully also kind of started uh, a seed so there can be more resources too yes because yeah you deserve all those things so best wishes moving forward can't wait to hear about the the bundle (laughs) (laughs) thanks have a great day bye there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Colleen Bremner for this month's Diet Culture IRL. And we look forward to being in your ears next week in the next Find Your Food Voice podcast episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice Pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed. 
and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at juliedeffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.